Welcome back to the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined on the phone from Miami by Rob Cassidy. Rob, how's it going today? It's going, man. My uh, my leg of the camp series is over, so you know I'm a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more laid back. Things are things are good in, in South Beach. Yeah, seems, my leg never ends, and, and this week I'll be headed to Dallas with Nick Kruger joining us from Austin. Nick, how's it going? Oh, that's right. I'm I'm in the I'm in the pre-glow uh, phase of my life, where where you know, where I'm just trying to get those last-minute signups into my camp as well here, and then I can fi- finally pretend to relax a little bit. Well, until until uh, Sunday when people are calling you fat man, um, <laughs> <laughs> has happened to me this weekend as I was berated. Um, but you know that's what happens. It's part of the part of the drill. So we want to remind everyone: check out rivals.com. We got a ton of content coming out of these camps. Some interesting stuff, including some stories we're going to talk about today. Stuff that'll probably be posted by the time this podcast posts. And uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We I haven't checked this week to see if we got any new ones. There's been some controversy uh, with some people uh, from last week, and we're going to bring that up later on in the show. So. Uh, interesting interesting messages coming into my snapchat uh related to some of those reviews so uh, we got people reaching out all over the place we're going to jump right into it one of the stories as i mentioned rob you wrote out of this weekend's camp related to lane kiffin now a lot of times we talk to these fan bases and uh you know they'll remind you they're like hey don't don't you know that we won you know, 18 national titles before 1970. And like the, these kids did, could care less about that or couldn't care less. Like whatever the expression is, I always miss it's, it's, it's couldn't care less. Well, so, you know, or, or, or whatever you want to say, you know, Pey- Peyton Manning went here, the quarterback should know. It's like, you know, court, these kids barely remember Peyton Manning, uh, let alone when he was in college, they weren't even born yet. So sometimes it's easy for fans to forget that. And Rob, you talked to some kids down in South Florida about Lane Kiffin uh, and what they think about him, what they know about him. What was what was kind of some of the feedback you got back there? Yeah, it was interesting in the way that they had no idea anything about Lane Kiffin except for like you talk to some of these higher rated kids and they they paint Kiffin a little bit different than we adults do where they don't remember him, A, as definitely not the head coach of the Oakland Raiders that got fired. Uh, two kids I talked to had no idea he ever coached at USC and nobody remembered he was at Tennessee. Uh, the way that these recruits look at him down here is a young coordinator from Alabama who's really worked hard to get his shot under Nick Saban, and now he's being a, given a chance to run the show, which, you know, if you've paid attention to football, college football for a while, you know that's really not the case. Lane has been around a little bit, but the fact is a lot of these players were seven and eight years old when he was the coach of the Raiders. Uh, they don't remember that stuff. And, you know, as Al Blade said, you know, the Rivals 100 kid that I talked to about this, he said, you know, even if I was older, a lot of us don't pay attention to the news, the sports news. We don't watch these shows. We don't read what you guys read. We just, you know, know what people tell us. And, you know, so it's a little bit of a different prism that they view Lane Kiffin through than the one that we look at where he's this, you know, guy with baggage and a reputation. That doesn't exist in their world. Uh, that is not a thing that they're aware of or conscious of. And, and I think you'll see that in the way he recruits unless he finds a way to uh, spoil it for himself. Well, what's, what's really interesting to me about that is like you, you would think as he recruits kids, that would be something that he plays up. Like I was the head coach at Tennessee. I was the head coach at USC. I was the, you know, even if he didn't, even if he didn't go into the ins and outs as to why he was let go, because obviously kid, as you just detailed, kids aren't doing a lot of research on their own as far as that stuff goes. So if that's the case, he should be talking about how he was the head coach at those schools and they'll just take his word for it. And he could say he did a great job and he left on his own terms, right? There's a possibility that some of that happens. Um, I, 
the kids that I talked to were the highly rated kids. And, and the story was more, what's the reputation? You know, I'm sure that once he gets a kid committed or in the living room or whatever, those things come up. Uh, I think the point of the story is that from the outside looking in, when the reputation of Lane Kiffin is not that of a fired coach, it's that of this big name from Alabama, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it, it just, it is weird how the, how the kids don't know anything. And that honestly, I don't think they really care. Now their parents might be another story because some of them will remember, but I mean, I think, you know, unfortunately we live sort of in, you know, a recruiting echo chamber. And I think uh, any of us who talk to our friends who live in the real world, they have no idea about anything. <laughs> you know, a lot of times you're like, man, did you see, did you hear what Wayne Kiffin did? Did you see that video? And they're like, what video, you know, like they don't, you know, normal people don't know who are sports yeah, fans. You, yeah. You and I have famously, you know, off the air talked many times about how before we got these jobs with rivals, I had no idea these camps existed. Uh, so a lot of these camps that we cover, I had no idea they were a thing. Yeah. And they're, and they're happening every weekend. Uh, tons of them. I mean, yeah, I, I, I really knew nothing about it. I remember thinking when some of the high school kids I covered got invited to the army combine, it was a huge deal. Well, then I found out that they invite like 2,000 kids, you know, mm-hmm. so that wasn't so big of a deal. Sorry, uh, Southwest Florida on that one, uh, which by the way, Nick, Southwest Florida really represented at the camp this weekend. You would have been proud. We had some some good players there, but... Uh, Anybody from Estero show up? No, no Estero High. We did have a Palmetto Ridge and we had Gulf Coast out there, wow. uh, but, but, but with Kiffin... He's not going to, like you said, Rob, the kids you were talking to are kind of elite elite kids, and he's going to probably try to swing for a few of them. But if if we can take anything from the class he took this year, I think he's going to have to roll the dice on some people. And I think, you know, it, it probably would make me a little bit nervous if I was, you know, tied in with that program or whatever, because we saw some of the signees he took this year with stuff. You know, I don't want to get into specifics, but stuff we hear about, about uh, recruits behind the scenes. He took some chances on some guys, and I think oftentimes that's how what happens with these elite talents who end up at smaller schools. Sometimes they may have, uh, you know, something on their resume that 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 doesn't appeal to the bigger schools, and they end up falling down to FAU. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how he does. I think still they're going to have a they're going to have a pretty good haul. I mean, Rob, do you think? Do you think a lot of these, you know, three-star kids that might go to, you know, Indiana or schools like that are really thinking about staying home with FAU now that now that he's there? Well, I think they're going to they're going to I think they're going to get in the door for sure. Um I don't know that it's going to come down to, you know, FAU versus an FBS or something. And I think they might win a couple more of those battles. I think the difference will be at least this year is kids are going to be more apt to listen, right? Uh if you've got a coach that they've never heard of, uh, it's going to be a lot easier to, to blow off the small local school, right? But, you know, when you have Kiffin and say what you want, the name carries weight because they all know his name. Uh, they may not know why they know his name, uh, but they know it. And that's going to get them in the door. Now, if he can, you know, use that charm or whatever it is that Kiffin has to allure them to pick an FAU over an Indiana or an Iowa or something of the, the nature out, out west, uh, then he'll use it. But I think uh, I think the big point is they're going to have more ears listening to them. All right, so it's been a it's been up and down week in terms of what's going on. We we didn't really tell, this happened towards the end of last week. Washington uh, gets a commitment from uh, Colston Yankoff, I believe, <laughs> I believe is his name. Which uh, yeah. I was I'm laughing at you laughing for the record, not because I'm immature. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a child. Uh, he's a he's a four star quarterback out of Idaho. Was committed to Oregon under the past staff. Uh, a guy that some people really like, I, uh, some people don't like as much. I mean, it's it's interesting because you know he's from Idaho. It's not like he's 
playing on a seven on seventeen that we could see every week like some of these other quarterbacks. Uh, but a lot of people think he's a good fit for Washington. The problem is they already have a commitment from Jacob Sermon, who was one of the top quarterbacks in the 2018 class as well. Now, I think from what I'm told uh, out west, they're willing to take both, but. I just don't see, if you're Jacob Sermon, we're talking about the number 67 prospect in the country, guy that a lot of people consider elite. I think some people have him ranked even higher than that. We have Yank off a little bit lower. We're in the conundrum now. Do these two go there together? Now, I, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I know n- none of the three of us are super familiar with the Huskies, but you know, Sermon's a guy that I think can kind of go anywhere he wants, and this has a chance to really upset the apple cart here in terms of how this shakes out with a lot of these quarterback dominoes. Did, did you make because, hold on, Did you make that apple cart reference intentionally because Washington, or was that an accident? Uh, that was a, uh, it. Was an accident. That's pretty uh, great, though. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, I I think you you look at his offer list. Our boy Sermon's got a lot got a lot of different places that are going to go, and I think he's going to have more offers rolling in now that schools try to poach him away. Do you think the days, and we saw it last year with Clemson taking taking two four-stars, the days of getting two quarter, elite quarterbacks in a class, they're almost gone, aren't they? Well, you know, Clemson did it last year. Alabama did it last year. I think it's easier for those schools, right? I mean, if you're playing for a national championship, you're going to have a better chance of getting the two four-stars to come in and compete. And, and it's not like Washington is, you know, obviously they were in the mix too last year. I mean, they were right there. But I think the days of, you know, other schools doing that, I think it's, it's possible. Maybe not these two for Washington. I don't think the days are over necessarily. Uh, but I think the days for anything but teams that have recently played in the playoff or for a national championship, those days are probably over, yeah. Yeah, and it's weird, but Sermon, say Sermon does flip. Now, I believe Yankoff was a guy that Tennessee liked at one point quite a bit, and I think a few others. Obviously, like I said, Oregon had him committed. I don't know what the new staff thought of him. Um, But if Sermon opens up and he ends up somewhere else, that can change the whole landscape. And I think we're still – it's interesting because I thought by this time, by April, we'd start to have some of these – it's almost April. We'd start to have some of these dominoes fall. What do you think the holdup is? Are we just – we're waiting on a few guys here? You know, I, yeah, I think probably so, as it is every year that way. Um, also, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with some of these teams, right? And maybe these quarterbacks are learning that they want to wait and kind of see how things shake out as far as coordinator-wise goes and as far as even maybe the fall goes. Uh, so maybe they want to avoid, you know, you can see how quarterbacks can get left out, even the good ones, if if those dominoes start to fall. Uh, and if you're at the top and not ready, you can fall a couple spots. Uh, maybe you don't get into the school. Maybe there's no room for you at the school that you want to go to uh, and you end up settling. And I think we see that a lot. And I'm not going to name names because if I do, you know, Every school in the world, if I'm like, well, you know, he settled and went there, will be up, be, be in my DMs or in my mentions. So I won't do that. But it does happen, and you know it happens. And maybe these quarterbacks are getting wise to the fact that, you know, maybe we all need to hold off and check it out. We talked about before the show uh, off the air that, you know, we don't talk about Washington a lot. I think they kind of, you know, slip out of the mind of a lot of uh, fans, especially down in the Southeast or even in, in Texas where Nick is based. But I think you've, you got to watch this sermon situation because. You know, he's got his uh, uncle is the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State. And I think, you know, if, if things happen, or, you know, if he, if he goes somewhere else, we could see all kinds of stuff. It could affect uh, the whole landscape there. So uh, we were down in Miami this past weekend, as I mentioned, uh, you know, getting called. I was getting called fat boy. <laughs> you know, when we thought it was fat man originally, it was much funnier. For some reason, fat, yeah, fat, fat, fat man cracks me up a lot more than fat boy. Yeah. Fat man is much. I mean, how old do I have to get to become a fat man instead of a fat boy? I wonder. I think forty. Um, I think forty is well, the line between fat boy trick. and fat That's man. Been established. What'd you say? What'd you What'd you say, Nick? 
I said, you're already a fat trick. That's been established. Oh, yeah, I am a fat. So so I've been called a fat, fat, fat trick. And uh, <laughs> I think we have that sound, too. Maybe you could drop that in there, Nick. Been called a fat trick and been called uh, a fat boy. So pretty soon I'll be a fat man when I'm 40, uh, Mike Gundy style. Uh, anyway, Miami, we're down there. We, we talked about this on the show before. Uh, speaking of fat jokes, the Tennessee site uh, made plenty at my expense this week. Um, they pick up a com- they or they didn't pick up a commitment, but a lot of the kids you talked to mentioned Tennessee. The Kevin Beard effect taking hold. Um, what's what what's the story there, Rob? And do do you think any of these kids who mentioned Tennessee are, are actually going to give them an official visit? Give give them a real serious look. Yes and no. I mean, obviously, this started when Al Blades, uh, the Rivals 100 kid that we've already mentioned in the show, mentioned Tennessee. Uh, he's not going there. Obviously, he's got the ties to Miami. Although he would have me think he was. Uh, he, you know, he said Baird being hired there was huge. Obviously, Baird coached him. Not only he plays for the Express, where Kevin Baird was a seven-on-seven coach, but also at his original school, uh, Baird was the coach at University School when Al Blades was there. And as you know, these kids transfer around in South Florida, so that's a couple stops ago. Um, but I don't think they'll get him. I think they will get a visit from Blades. I think the more interesting kid in play for Tennessee is Dominic Watt, who's a Rivals 250 wide receiver from Florida that I think might not have been a kid that would have given Tennessee a very serious lick had Beard not been there. And now all of a sudden he's naming Tennessee up there with Florida uh, as his top two leaders. I think they can get him. And I think you're going to see them get into the lower end of the Rivals 250 with some of these Florida kids as long as they keep Baird on staff and those relationships are still in place because he does run so deep down here. It's one thing to hire a guy with ties to South Florida. I think uh, that's easy to do. There's another guy to hire. There's another thing to hire a guy with deep ties to South Florida that's been involved in the seven on seven scene and has been involved in the high school scene that knows all the right people. And that's really what it is to recruit Florida. And that's what Beard does. And, you know, I think they're set up for long-term success as long as, you know, a coaching change doesn't happen or uh, they don't fall on their face uh, this season terribly and have, you know, an awful season. Uh, it's all about trajectory. We say that on this show all the time, I think. And uh, if they keep up a positive trajectory and now they've got Baird on staff, I think they're going to be able to, you're going to see the quality of player that they get out of Florida start to rise and rise and rise. Yeah. And, and, and uh, they seem to be, you know, with, with him and Larry Scott, they seem to be putting more of an emphasis there, even more so than they have here in the Atlanta area. I think they signed more Florida kids than Georgia kids last year. I'd have to take a look at that, but uh, it's interesting to see them to shift that focus. But there, there are plenty of players down there for the taking, as we talked with Gary Furman about this week, uh, our, who runs our Miami side. I believe he mentioned that a few times about how many prospects there are down there. Robbie seemed to uh, <laughs> to catch catch your attention on more than more than a few uh, more than a few occasions. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, let's take a let's take a look at their, their 17 class. It's just it's it's interesting because it, Atlanta's a, an unusual city to. Uh, to recruit, but yeah, I mean, you look at it, they got a few guys out of Atlanta, but you know, they really focused on Florida last year. They still haven't really broken through with the, you know, the tops of the tops. They did get a four star, uh, but you mentioned, uh, you know, the wide receiver, uh, he's a, he, he was really impressive at the camp. He's a guy that I think a lot of people are going to want and I'm getting in early on him. Uh, was super smart. So anyway, insert fat jokes here. Uh, Tennessee fans were, uh, Happy to talk about you on the show because you guys love you guys you guys love to listen. So. Fat man, <laughs> fat man. Um, <laughs> I believe it was who are you, fat man? Yeah, who are you, fat man? Uh, which <laughs> I guess because it, it was just who are you, fat boy, uh, not man. So uh, continuing on the Rob Cassidy podcast here, uh, <laughs> Mark Pope. Uh, 
the guy who went from being an eighth grader to a junior in high school in like a year and a half, which was pretty impressive. Look, you guys can't have it both ways though, right? It's you don't put enough stuff on the sheet. And then when I do put stuff on the sheet, it's uh, you put too much stuff on the sheet. What do you want from me? No, it's fine. We got a lot of topics to talk about down there in Miami. It's fine. It's it's, it's Miami focused because that's where the camp was this this past yeah. week. Mark Pope commits to Miami, as I mentioned. It's a windy over there on somebody's phone. <laughs> uh, he ends up committing to the U. A guy, I think it was the one we saw coming. But there there had been rumblings that Alabama was in the picture. Rob, was this just an inevitability? And is it is it over? Is he one of these guys that's going to be locked into Miami uh, going forward? Yeah, I think he's probably locked in there. And I think, well, you know, I think Alabama was in play, but you saw Xavier Williams this weekend. They took Xavier Williams before they took Mark Pope, and whether or not that's a good or a bad choice can be argued. But they're not going to take two of that wide receiver, right? I mean, they are in the same mold, those two. I happen to think that Pope is probably a more complete player. Alabama, I think, disagrees with me, obviously, based on their actions. Um, I'll defer to Nick Saban, I guess. But uh, anyway, Pope lands at Miami, and I, you know I think he'll stick there as long as everything holds the status quo. I think the more interesting thing is this Miami momentum continues to build. At some point, it has to reach an apex, right, where it can't go any higher. But it seems like now they've got the attention of Asante Samuel, who I still don't think they'll get, but they may be in play for. I think he'll land at Florida State. Al Blades is eventually going to commit there uh, if he's not already silently, as some people think. And this thing just continues to build and build and build to the point where you almost have to wonder, is this the year that they get the state's top class? Are they going to knock Florida State off in the recruiting rankings? And I think that that even three weeks ago was kind of a pipe dream. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, you could have a dogfight here. And I don't think that's insignificant for Miami at all. Yeah, it, 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 Pope, I like Pope. I mean, I, I honestly, I honestly, he's a really exciting guy to watch, and especially in a seven-on-seven seven setting. Um, you mentioned he's been on the scene for a while. I think, you know, we talk, we, we've, we've gone over this, you know, last week, the Miami fans got mad at you talking about, uh, how their season's going to, going to turn out or whatever, but nobody ever, nobody ever said their season is going to tank. I mean, I don't know what the heck is going to happen with Miami, but I don't think it's irresponsible to suggest that it could. And if it does, there's going to be recruiting repercussions. That's not crazy to say. Well, well, take take it up. Take tell that to the judge. Uh, <laughs> the judge in this case being the angry Miami fans and starter jackets, right? Right, right, exactly. Uh, and, and and sunglasses, cool sunglasses that we saw at the uh, at the Orlando camp. Um, but but I really like Pope. I think I think he's a guy that's going to be a star in college. You mentioned him compared to Williams. I think they're kind of two different guys uh, in terms of their skill set. But I. I think Pope is a is a star. I think he's a star in the making, and I think Miami did a great job in, in landing him and continuing to roll. They also got another commit yesterday. Uh, who was that, Rob? I forgot off the top of my head. Uh, Gervin Hall, who is a uh, defensive back from the Palm Beach area, uh, who's got some. You know, he's obviously you know highly regarded. We have him ranked as a four star prospect. He's got some room to grow. I don't, he's not the same star power as Pope, and that kind of got overshadowed, right? When you get a four star commit. And that gets completely overshadowed. Uh, that's how you know things are doing well. Like people missed that because Pope committed around the same time and just kind of stole the recruiting news cycle. Yeah, it was definitely. Uh, I heard. I heard that they really stole him away from Florida. Yeah, it's a real some, thievery. <laughs> it was some behind the scenes news. Florida was very high on him. We'll put it that way. And uh, Miami steals him away. Uh, and great job, great job by Miami. So we're going to continue to talk about them every week on the Miami podcast. Now it's time to talk to Krug City. Uh, Trent Gordon, one of one of Nick's first prospects, he really became acquainted with in the state of Texas. He commits to Penn State, which I believe is actually happening tomorrow, as we record this on a Tuesday. But I believe most of you will be hearing this on Thursday. So uh, anyway, 
Trent to Penn State, all the way out of Texas. I know some people in Texas were a little bit dubious of him. Nick, what's what's your take on him, and, and how did Penn State manage to reach into Texas and grab a Rivals 250 defensive back? Well, you know, when you look at when you look at what was going on with Trent, I guess late in his uh, recruitment, he actually just came off a, a big road trip where he went to go visit a number of schools. LSU, he opened his recruitment with an LSU offer, which really kind of put him on the map. You know, he took a visit there. He took a visit to West Virginia, which actually didn't make his final top ten that he he released this week ahead of his commitment. But I know that him and his father were both pretty impressed with what they saw out there. They went to Michigan. They liked that. Um, went to Ohio State. He didn't end up with an Ohio State offer in his recruitment, but uh, you know things kind of accelerated pretty quickly here as Penn State, you know, turned up the heat. And this is really just a case of uh, you know Penn State kind of identifying him as a as a major target of theirs. Uh, we see Saxy uh, safety Isaiah Humphreys out of Texas is also committed to Penn State. You know, so there is a there is a um, I, I don't want to call it a pipeline, but a familiarity with the state of Texas as far as what they were trying to do with their uh, recruiting this year. And, you know, and Manville's a real, uh, I'm sorry, and uh, Gordon out of out of Manville is a, is a real scrappy player, you know, a guy that can kind of do, uh, you know, a number of things in the secondary, whether you're asking him to play uh, safety or cornerback in a pinch. I mean, he's, you know, got, got good size, got good scrappiness, somebody that you can match up, uh, you know, in a nickel uh, position as well. So just, you know, really just from an overall versatility standpoint, you know, plays with a chip on his shoulder. He's a guy that a lot of guys, uh, a player that a lot of guys would like to have um, added to their recruiting class. So it's a big pickup for Penn State yeah and they're they're where we talk about Miami they're really battling for number one and number two in the team rankings with Penn State I'm not sure if Trent was enough to put them over the top or not because I don't know how to do the math on these team rankings because uh, I'm not very smart um, but they're going to be right there I mean this is 12 commits for them eight of them four stars they got one five star um, our boy Micah Parsons of the last week's dog controversy. So, so they're they're killing it. I think Penn State deserves a lot of credit for recruiting nationally as well. I mean, when you take a look at their class, this is not uh, just all Pennsylvania kids. There's a lot of them in there, but they got Justin Fields out of Georgia. You mentioned uh, Isaiah Humphreys, who tags me in almost every tweet he puts out, <laughs> and uh, and uh, he's from Texas. And now Gordon from Texas. They got a kid from and, New Jersey. And, and the recruitment's still not over. You know. On a, a lot of those kids too and we just saw just this morning uh when we're recording humphrey picked up a offer from notre dame so um you know and a lot of uh, you know a couple other sites uh have have humphreys rated you know a little bit higher than we do um at the moment but we'll see both these guys at the dallas camp on uh on sunday it's a big opportunity for you know i mean obviously uh uh, we saw Trent, Trent's in the Rivals 250 already right now, but it's you know it's an opportunity for Humphreys to continue to raise his stock as far as we're concerned there too. A couple other things we wanted to talk about: uh, Clemson gets a quarterback, uh, quarterback, a commitment from Justin Maskell, a defensive end uh, out of the Atlanta area, a guy that that I believe started out on some websites as a five star. We've always had him as a as a borderline top 100 guy, and it, it's a of course. Uh, Rob's favorite topic, you know, he commits to Clemson and no other school in the country wanted him, according to those those coaches. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, it's, fu- it's funny how that works out, right? When a guy commits, he was never wanted by anyone else. And it's amazing um, because we, we think it's fans that just do that, but it's also other coaches. Like, you know, you talk to some of these coaches off the radar after they lose a kid. It's like, well, you know. We weren't really that interested. It's like, well, last week, you know, he was, when he was a silent committee, you were yelling at me about he was ranked too low. So it's funny how things change. <laughs> I, you know, hey, I was surprised Clemson even took him. 
I mean, that, that, was, <laughs> that, the, that, that was the, that, that is a, that is a quote that you could use on almost any top kids commitment from a, a scorned <laughs> coach. Right. I, I'm surprised. I mean, these got real academic issues. Like I've seen the transcripts. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> um, I, you know, Maskell's interesting. He's a classic, you know, he, I complain about this a lot. I have a really hard time ranking some of these tweener defensive end outside linebacker types. I mean, Arden key, uh, who went to LSU as a famous example. He's a guy that looked like, I mean, he was never going to develop. He goes to LSU, and I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a first-round pick next year, um, even though he's, he's still kind of skinny. But he, you know, he's turned into he's fit perfectly in what they're doing. And Maskell's that same type of player. It could be boom or bust. I mean, we saw Lorenzo Carter go to Georgia. He's he's been up and down, and he was you know viewed kind of as a freak show uh, in terms of you know his ability at his size and everything like that. So so it'll be interesting to see how Maskell develops. Uh, they have got a couple guys like him already. So Clemson, I mean, they're. Clemson, they're actually recruiting a little slower this year than they have in years past, which is which is crazy to think because they're, you know, coming off the national championship. Um, but they're number six overall, and they've only got in the in the team rankings they've only got six commitments. So, um, anyway, good good job by them as they, they keep rolling along. I don't, we don't have to we don't have to do the rest of them. There was a couple other ones, uh, a couple four star commits. We've got we've got that on the front of rivals dot com. Um, right now so this week no interview we are in talks boy we are in talks with some famous people to get on this show in the next week now nick i believe you chose the tweet of the week this week uh yeah i threw it up there it's not our typical uh shots fired or incendiary nature sort of tweets this one this one's a little bit more lighthearted, a little bit more fun in my opinion did you see it or no I looked at it earlier. I'll go ahead and read it here. It comes from uh, it comes from Jalen Preston, who's a four star defensive back. Is he? No, 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 a- <laughs> no. <laughs> Start that over. It comes from Jalen Preston, rivals one hundred wide receiver. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. Yeah, he <laughs> he just, that in. I don't a, care. A person that a person that exists in the world in, in Texas. I mean, his his thing says his thing is him. His thing is him standing there like a defensive back. His picture and his title says Jalen D. Preston, four star. Does it say no fly zone? That's the giveaway. Yeah, yeah, no. you're right. It doesn't say no fly zone. My bad. It's official JP5. Anyway, and he has a video of himself riding mechanical bull. Nick and I love to watch people, uh, especially overweight people, fat losers oh. such as myself. <laughs> fat, fat men. I forgot. I forgot about that. Oh man! Oh man! <laughs> Nick and I really like watching fat people not only ride the mechanical bull, but try to get on, try to mount uh, uh, said mechanical bull. I mean, um, let's just tell that story right now, Rob. We could do it briefly, Rob. Last time, you know, Woody and I were in New Orleans for the for the kickoff rivals rivals camp, and of course, we took our our uh, pilgrimage down Bourbon Street as we normally do, just just to see what there is to see. And where were, it was Pat O'Brien's, right? We were at Pat O'Brien's or, or yeah, wherever the believer. adjacent bar was. They had a mechanical bull set up, and there was so, and it wasn't a long line of people trying to ride this thing. Finally, someone stepped up, and she uh, matched the the density and size size dimensions. <laughs> okay, all right, Wait, we can't be body her, shaming it, here. <laughs> it took her. It took her legitimately. I mean, we were talking upwards of of maybe fifteen minutes to get to mount this thing to even start riding it. We had other people trying to help her on it that were falling down in the process of trying. <laughs> I mean, it was just. It, I mean, to talk about it being a, it was a sad situation, yeah. and that's you know, as someone who has a lot of trouble. I mean, in my younger days, uh, I would ride horses. 
uh, and I had a real I had a real tough time getting on said horses. Get you know you want to talk about inner tubing. You fall out. You fall off. You try to get back in the boat. That's always a struggle for me. So um, I could relate to her. But anyway, our boy Jalen Preston. <laughs> there was also a slow mo video of her falling off, which uh, could be seen on my Snapchat. You can add me at Rivals Woody. You're missing out on that type of stuff uh, on Snapchat. Uh, anyway, a, a rare video. Uh, oh, this is what Jalen says. He says a rare video of a goat riding a bull and he tags National Geographic in it <laughs> and it's himself riding the mechanical bull, obviously referring to, <laughs> referring, referring to himself as the greatest of all uh, time. Dude, the tag yeah. of National Geographic is the only thing that makes that sweet pop, right? Truthfully, that was the clincher for me. That's why I put it on there, the Nat, the Nat Geo tag for sure. Yeah, so he's a four-star a wide receiver and a five-star tweeter. Jalen Preston, your tweet of the week. Now, Rob, we've had some controversy. We have not discussed this prior. I did receive last week when we had some uh, messages uh, referring to you. Uh, what was it as a some type of liberal? That was, was a girl. It? it was just a girl, I believe. Well, what one of the reviews you said that you thought you knew who it came from? Yeah, I thought it came from a well, man named Louis. Well, lo and behold, we get a uh, or we I get a message on my Snapchat. Uh, from a faith from a faithful listener who says it was her ex boyfriend uh, who left the review, so you were mistaken. Uh, wow! Well, wait a minute. So I'm hoping that our, our girl broke up with the ex boyfriend because of, of of the disparaging tweet. <laughs> uh, the, the the thing is, I, I find it interesting that both he that that both of them listened to the show. I didn't know, you know this couple is broken up, but yet they're still reunited uh, through our podcast. Is it so. yeah? Is it possible that we're going to mend somebody's relationship here? Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm. I- I don't know if that's going to happen, uh, given the given the circumstances. I don't really know a whole lot of the circumstances, other than they're broken up. No, I but, feel like you uh, do guess- know a little bit more of these circumstances that you than you are betting on here. <laughs> but but you're the uh, you're the girl you're the girl from Florida. So it was Dingo Man, not someone we know. We did get no new reviews this week. We highly advise people to leave us reviews because it helps uh, with our placement on iTunes, especially this time of the year when there's not a whole lot going on uh, in the recruiting world now. It's time for rants and recommendations. I've become like the de facto Twitter account now for people to complain about sports bars because of my rant from the other week. So I've gotten like six of them, right? Well, uh, like, are they like, in agreement with you? Or yeah, oh yeah. Not. It's not that oh. they're in agreement with me. They're like taking photographs of whenever something's a disaster in a sports bar. Uh, my favorite uh. one I got this week is this guy sends me a tweet and it's a picture of a bucket that like peanuts and beer come in. Uh, you know, like if you get like a bucket of beers at a bar, right? Yeah. So yeah. this guy says, I was given this bucket and permission to change one of the TVs to the South Carolina game myself. They said, it's the one with the yellow tape. None of them have yellow tape. There are like 13 remotes in this bucket. <laughs> and then the follow-up tweet says, I just picked the one with the battery door missing. Figured it probably needed yellow tape. One TV on the other side of the bar switched. <laughs> <laughs> it's i mean it, it's a common problem i think man I, people hate sports bars if we could open a good one that actually like paid attention to what the tvs were on we could maybe make some money okay so that was also supposed to be rob's rant uh so we're going to continue rants and recommendations even though it was kind of a tweet kind of a tweet he is getting a lot of uh a lot of tweet heat on that one so uh yeah com- keep complaining we love complaints on this show um Guess what? It's my turn to complain, and then we'll let Nick do his because he's got a positive one as well. You know, sometimes when we're on these road trips, boys, it's hard to get a consistent meal. I know uh, Nick and I had to, to have fast food chicken tenders for two meals when we were in New Orleans <laughs> this weekend. 
there was no there was literally no restaurants within five miles of the of the camp we were at, which forced us to go to the snack shack, as Nick Lucero, our photographer, called the concession stand, which I've, we are still baffled. No one had ever, he kept saying the snack shack. Yeah, we, yeah, we, dec- we decided it's a regional thing, right? It must be like a California reference because I've, well, never, sure, I've I never, think, never heard that either. Nick, Nick, have you ever heard of snack shack? This is this sounds like a, a soda pop debate. Yeah, that's what we no, but I mean, isn't it a concession stand everywhere? It's a pretty like yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was pretty all encompassing, right? A snack shack sounds like a place where you go and get French fries. Yeah, we thought a snack shack's kind of like a cool local diner, uh, but anyway, the snack. Sh- needless to say, the snack shack food was not up to snuff. Uh, a lot of us passed on it. Uh, and so I got to the airport realizing, hey, you know, I'm pretty hungry at this point. I'm going to have to get some food here. Well, I was flying out of Palm Beach Airport, which could be a whole nother rant. I mean, talk about it's like if you want to take a flight from 1985, airplane and all, that's the airport for here. It was terrible. Um, but anyway, you know, I went against my, my better judgment and decided to eat at a, casu- a popular casual dining a uh, restaurant, a chain that normally none of us would ever go to as we always are complaining about it with our coworkers. But guess what? What do you expect when you go to one of these places that's a popular chain that's everywhere that you see the commercials on? You know what you're getting, right? You're getting a burger. You're getting everything pretty much generic. I think we would all say that, right? Yes, that's a nice way of putting it. You're getting something. Right, but you're getting, you're getting, you know what you're going to get. There's not a lot of highs and not a lot of lows. It's it's consistent. Sure. So anyway, I order. I order my typical order, which we all know is a hamburger with just pickles. And I, <laughs> it comes, and I look at the pickles, and it's like, wh- what is this? It looks kind of like zucchini. I was like, these are not pickles, you know? And, and so I, you know, I wait for the, and there's a big piece of garlic in there. So yeah. I gesture the, I gesture the waitress over. It was very nice. And I said, what, what, can I have some pickles? And she's like, oh, no, those are our pickles. And I was like, what are they? And she's like, oh, they're spicy garlic. They're spicy garlic pickles. They're dill. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. No person is – I have a hard enough time. Rob and I have had a hell of a time going to these restaurants, and we've got sriracha ketchup and – you, you know, if you're a, if you're a restaurant at an airport, I'm not looking for gourmet pickles. Just give me a give me a dill pickle spear. I said, what do you serve with the sandwiches? Is there no pickle spears? Nah, sorry, this is all we got. This is a nationwide thing. These are how they do the pickles now. I was appalled. I mean, I, why? Why do we need to reinvent pickles? Has anyone has anyone ever gotten a thing of like Vlasic pickles and be like, man, these are disgusting. I need more gourmet options, especially at a you can beep that out, but that's where it was. It was at a <laughs> restaurant. What? What? Who goes there thinking, give me some gourmet pickles? And you can't make pickles by just soaking them in some thing. They need to sit for a long time to become pickles. You know, here's the and thing. The I, big... I don't think I've ever been to a restaurant. And you'll have to beep that one out, too, because I just made reference to it. <laughs> you know, I've driven by them, and I'm familiar with what the logo looks like. But I've never actually set foot inside of one of those places. Well, I've been there. I've been there a lot, especially in my younger years. You know, family dinners and whatnot, going there to, to eat. That's a that's a that's a top notch restaurant, especially in Oregon um, or rural Oregon, where I'm from. But get out of here! Just just look. If you want to have those ridiculous pickles, which are has have you has anyone said I want to have gar- spicy garlic dill pickles? No, no one has ever wanted that in their life. So get rid of it. I'm never going there again. Mark it down. Never. 
<laughs> I don't care. I don't care if it's you know a Walking Dead situation and there's one there and I need to go in there and find supplies. Because guess what? You wouldn't find normal pickles would keep for a really long time in the apocalypse. Guess what wouldn't keep? These disgusting things that they just they just slop in there and pull them out and call them pickles. That when in reality they're basically marinated cucumbers. I was so mad. I mean, it's just, just, just let me have some pickles, man. Just get, if you want to have elaborate options, it's like gymnastics. Okay. When you do a gymnastics routine or, or ice skating, when you do an ice skating routine, there are four or five things you need to hit. And then after you make sure you hit those in your routine, you can try a triple axle or whatever. So have regular ketchup, have regular pickles, and then if you want to have on top of that other options, I'm all for it. But don't start out by, oh, sorry, you know, God, I'm so mad about it. So I'm still, I shouldn't even, I get, I get so worked up with this stuff, but I'm hot. So anyway, Nick, let's go positive. Let's hear what you got to, what you got wow. to say about uh, your trip Jeez. to the movies this weekend. Man, well, I <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I can follow that fire. Uh, <laughs> Let me tell you something about sriracha popcorn and movie concession stands. <laughs> oh, that's what's next. Guess oh, what? That's what's next. You, you, everything's going to be sriracha in five years from now. You're going to have to go to a gourmet place to get normal food. Well, you <laughs> remember be... we went we went we went through this a couple of years ago with uh, you know chipotle peppers, right? That was like a huge thing on every menu. Everything was chipotle seasoned. Uh, so sriracha is having its moment now. Uh, next up, I think will be kimchi. To be honest, I think that's going to be the new hot ingredient. Well, I'm going out to Portland next week, so I'll let you know because there are always three or four years ahead, you know, with the tempeh and the, you know, things of that nature. So I'll, I'll keep you posted. But I'm, you know, I, I, like I said, if if wait, I was wait, at, hold on. we're both taking hipster pilgrimages this week, right? I'm going to be in Brooklyn. Uh, you will be yeah, in Nick's Portland all- when we come back. We'll really be ready to, to discuss all the new hot happening trends. Yeah, Nick's also going uh, to to Seattle and making his way over to to Bend, Oregon. Oh man, so yeah, but this gonna... is really setting up for a good podcast next week. Yeah, so we're gonna. <laughs> but, but 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 here's the thing: you go into one of those trips expecting, like Nick and I went to a really nice restaurant. We were in New Orleans. It was in like some old Victorian style house, and I asked for ketchup, and of course they're like, "Oh, we have." homemade tomato jam or whatever (laughs) they didn't have ketchup of course uh but that's fine because because i'm at a ridiculous restaurant in a whole house that looks like something my uncle john would be restoring uh you know in in the 1990s this this is this is also the uncle john from the story that we cannot tell in this podcast correct the same uncle john Oh, well, Uncle, this is the, the same Uncle John that famously had to just... This is Uncle John the, right, masseuse, yes, the masseuse connoisseur, yes. correct? Un- Uncle John, fa- famously when I was a kid, well, well, here we are in Uncle John's story hour, we're stepping on Nick's time. One time <laughs> Uncle John got in such a dispute with a city, with the city of Bandon in Oregon and his neighbors because we were, we were rehabbing this house. He was building this giant house that was like, it was one of those ones at the beach that goes straight up so you can stand at the top and see the ocean. And he had built it like six feet too high. And so it was in violation of some code, but there was really no way for us to not to make it shorter. And so he was going round and round and we were working on one of the bathrooms and overnight we had left the toilet outside and somebody complained to the city. We got a note about the toilet. So rather than, you know, just put the toilet in and make sure it was gone, we spent that day driving around buying old toilets from various places and then my job was to sprinkle them throughout the yard yeah, so so uh, if, you, if you ever wonder how somebody could get so hot over sriracha flavored pickles now you see the family lineage here right like we've exposed to the listeners how you became the way that you are and i appreciate them 
<laughs> yeah, there was a there was a lot of uh, yeah there was a lot of toilets uh, hanging out there. So it was, a, it was a big day for the used toilet business in Bandit, Oregon. And guess what happened? He got so many liens on the house that he ended up giving it up and losing a lot of money. So uh, <laughs> Uncle Uncle John missed out. On, Uncle John missed out on that one. But anyway, Nick, let's John. go. Let's hear you. Wow. Let's hear your movie story. Man. Okay. Well, if anybody's still listening, check this out. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> This this past this past weekend, I uh, I was in I was in Dallas for well I was in Houston then Dallas for a variety of events and then on my way uh, on my way home, I caught a seven o'clock showing of the new Power Rangers movie, which uh, I guess I'll Hold start on. as my recommendation. Yep. What? 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 I said, I said you watched it alone. Oh, oh, oh no, I thought I, you said no, hold I, on. Yeah, no, I, I met my uh, I met my brother actually. We went to go we went to go check it out, and uh, you know, see here's the, here's the thing. You know, Rob Rob's questionable about the demographic that would go to see the movie. If you know, if for me and Rob, you know, you we're similar in age. I mean, I I definitely watched Power Rangers when I was a kid, the original series, and this is kind of the the market that they're reaching out to. And yeah, no, my uh, problem is not with that, like at all. Like I'll probably see it eventually. Mine is, I had a friend that went by himself to see it. And I'm, I think that's a little questionable. It's not a movie yeah. that you go to alone. Well, well, at any rate, I went with my brother. So I, I was in the clear. So, so the, uh, so it was, you know, and it's just, my recommendation is if you're a, 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 somebody who grew up in that time period where the original series came out, I recommend going to see it. It's a fun movie. Uh, the beginning's a little hokey, but after after about the first 20 minutes or whatever, it really settles in and uh, has some good substance, a lot more substance to it than I would have thought. And, uh, you know, it was enjoyable. So, All right, Kurt, let's get into some real X's and O's. Let's get into some real Power Rangers X's and O's here because I'm curious. Uh, I also I also watched, I won't, I, I have not, I've well, not seen I, the movie. I, really, I, can't, I can't spoil it. I, I got some questions though. Um, is the, is the green ranger came on late in the series, correct? Like he not, not, he did not start from the beginning. He showed up with this cool, like sword flute. Is he featured in the movie? Uh, I not listen, no, here, well, I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to oh, get into that I now. We're already running way on, long right? after Woody and, and the rants of recommendations, but I don't, I don't want to do spoils. I don't want to do spoilers. No, I don't want you I to spoil the movie. I just want to know, is the green ranger in the movie or if that, if you feel that's a spoiler, then you can, you can gloss uh, over it. In a matter of speaking. Yes, he <laughs> the is. The Power Ranger. Okay. I know Nick, you've been as a Power that's Ranger for Halloween and maybe you're a few years younger than me. I hated the Power Rangers when I was a kid. So, all right. <laughs> Well, I'll say I'll save my rant for next week. I no, Nick's had enough. Nick's got to edit this, and we, this he's got to beep all the corporate mentions we made. Uh, Nick and I will be together this weekend in Dallas, and then, well, he can just drop you out right now. No one's going to know you said that. He's just going <laughs> to mute your whole audio. Um, so anyway. Uh, big shot. I will be out in Oregon this week. Maybe I'll see our boy M. Deuce in person. Maybe I'll lay down some vocals on the beat uh, for for this for this track for our track that uh, plays us out. Oh, our our boy, our boy, your 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 girl's uh, Snapchat person's ex boyfriend will be happy. I will like, will not be on the podcast next week because I will still be in Brooklyn doing. Baseball. Yeah, it's going to be tough for us to do one. Maybe Nick and I'll do uh, sometime impromptu. Maybe if Nick gets the guest that he's been uh, teasing off the air. Uh, we can run that as the episode. So, so it, it could be, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on. I got a lot of travels to go. I will be uh, out in the state of Oregon, hopefully meeting with some influential people as well. So, you know, who knows? This podcast could be taken off uh, in, in the next coming week. Please leave us a review. Please make fun of Rob in said review. And uh, have your ex-girlfriend Snapchat me, at Rivals Woody. <laughs> Yeah, so I, if we're just encouraging it now, I mean, I might as well. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be the, the pincushion for the podcast. I don't care. Yeah, anyway, so thanks, M. Deuce. 
Thanks, Nick Kruger, for, for producing this show and putting up with uh, my antics, as, as you'll be hearing plenty of rants in person uh, off the air this weekend. Uh, and uh, be sure, like I said, leave us a review, subscribe, and visit Rivals.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.